Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. The book of Mark, chapter 1, Mark 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. And when you have it, say amen. Again, let me say to all of our visitors, our first-time guests, after service is over today, I would love to meet you here in this room to my right. I would love to shake your hand and have a gift prepared for you and just let you know how honored we are that you are at Truth Chapel today. Amen. Mark uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 21. The Bible says... And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, what we have, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee. Who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed. Somebody say amazed. They were astonished, and now they are all amazed. Insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? With, for with authority commandeth he the unclean spirits, that, and they do obey him and immediately the fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee and forthwith when they were come out of the synagogue they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever and anon they tell him of her and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them and at even when the sun did set They brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed alone and there prayed. Amen. I want to speak to you today on this subject, astonished and amazed into action. Astonished and amazed into action. Let's pray together. God, I love you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this service. Your power has been here from the very beginning. I pray today, God, as I speak this word, that those that are astonished and those that are amazed, God, will take a step from astonishment and a step from amazement and take a step into action. And I pray it today in your precious name and someone shout in Jesus' name. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us that in the book of Mark chapter 1, that Jesus, as he entered into Capernaum, uh, the Bible says that he straightway, straightway went to the synagogue because it was the Sabbath. And I've said this here before, 
and I'll say it again, that it is right and it is proper to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. Amen. Thank all five of you. Um, let me say it again. It is right and it is proper to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. Jesus went to church on the Lord's day and you ought to go to church on the Lord's day. Amen. And Jesus went into the synagogue and the Bible says that while he was there, he began to teach. And the Bible says as he began to teach uh, and speak, they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. The reason why they felt the way they felt and the reason why they were astonished at the way Jesus taught uh, is because Jesus is now speaking about his very own word. Because John tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then it says in 1 John 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So Jesus Christ, the word of God, the power of God, robed in flesh, is standing in the synagogue teaching the word of God and he's not teaching it as one that is teaching what has been written, but he is teaching it as one that is reading what he wrote let me say that again he's not teaching as one that is reading what has been written but he is reading as one that is reading what he wrote in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and they were astonished at his power they were astonished at his doctrine. It blew their mind how powerful he was in the scripture. It blew their mind his authority in the word. It blew their mind that a 30-year-old man could speak as one that had been reading the Bible for his whole entire life. It blew their mind that a Nazarite could read the word of God like a Levite. It blew their mind that this young man, who obviously was not of the Levitical priesthood, could open the scripture and read it verbatim. It astonished them at his doctrine. And the Bible says that while he was there in the synagogue, there was a man who was full of the devil. And when Jesus began to speak, uh, the devil cried out. Huh. Uh, let me just uh, stop here and, and preach a little bit about this because, uh, you know, a lot of us, we like to be bold and brag and say, you know, the devil ain't nowhere near here. And, you know, he's miles away from here. He's running somewhere, hiding in the corner. But I want to tell you that Jesus came, uh, Jesus was in the, the church on, on the Sabbath day and the devil was in the church on Sabbath day too. The devil just came right to church. Devil put on his suit and tie, come to church too. Be careful who you're sitting by. Well, don't, don't look at him. Uh, the Bible says that uh, the, 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 the devil was in church. He was, he, this man was possessed of the devil and he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He was 
comfortable there. He, he, he sat through the song service. He, he, he sat through the offering. He, he sat through the prayer service. But when the word of God came forth, uh, the devil couldn't take it no longer. Uh, when the doctrine came forth, uh, the devil couldn't take it no longer. Uh, he sat right through the music. Uh, he sat right through the worship. Uh, he sat right through the shouting. Uh, he was fine. He was comfortable. He was unmoved. Uh, but when Jesus started preaching the word of God, he said, hey, I can't take it no longer. Some of you want to know how to get the devil out of your house? Read the word of God in your house. You want to know how to get the devil out of your life? Put the word of God inside your life. Come on, True Chapel. Am I preaching up here by myself or do I have some help in the room today? It's the word of God that will get rid of every demon. It's the word of God that will get rid of every devil. It's the word of God that will push back the forces of darkness. We need the word. We don't have a sin problem. We got a word problem. We need to get back in the word. We don't got a devil problem. We got a word problem. We don't have an addiction problem. We got a word problem. If we get in the word, every bond would be broken. If we get in the word, every chain would be broken. Amen. Every chain would be broken. Every bond would be broken. Every life would be set free if we would get back to the word of God. Hey, listen, thank God for the music. As you sing today, this church is full of talent. This church is full of musical people. Thank God for what we have. Amen for the talent we have. Thank God for the worship. Thank God for the music. But if you've been here long enough, you know Pastor Chavis isn't into just letting the service go and let's just shout it on down because I know there's some devils in the room. And the only way the devils are going to get out is if I open up this word and begin to preach the word of God there's some devils messing with your finances there's some devils messing with your marriages there's some devils messing with your kids and we need the word of God is there anybody in the house who knows the word of God will break every chain the word of God will make the demons flee the word of God Hey, when Jesus started preaching that doctrine, the devil said, hey, I can't take it. I got to say something. And the Bible said, the devil said, we know you. They said, we, we heard that voice before. I, I, I know that voice anywhere. The devil shouted out to him, we know you. Ain't it, ain't it kind of funny that the devil knew that Jesus was in the room before the people knew that Jesus was in the room? The devil acknowledged his presence before the people acknowledged his presence. Listen, there's sometimes you come to church and you start feeling like, I don't want to worship. You come to church and you start feeling about all your problems and you start, that, that spirit starts raising up in you right on the pew and you're sitting in church and you know it's the house of God, but all these emotions and feelings come to you. In, in the house of God, all these emotions and feelings start coming to you. In the house of God, you know why? It's because that spirit that's in you, it knows that God's here before you ever even realize it. That spirit that's been living inside of you, it knows that God is already here and it's getting nervous. It's already shaking in its boots because it knows if they ever would go to an altar if they'd ever respond to the word of God if they'd ever reach out to him he'd change them forever somebody shout hallelujah hallelujah the Bible says that this unclean spirit cried out leave us alone what, are we, what have we to do to thee that Jesus of Nazareth he said we know who you are you the holy one ah you are the Holy One, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold, hold, hold your peace. Shh, shh, shh. 
Hold your peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, he cried with a loud voice and came out of him. And then, then, and they were all amazed. <laughs> Insomuch that they questioned among themselves saying, what, 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 what thing is this? What, what doctrine is this? Who, how, does, how does this guy have this kind of power? They, they were astonished at his doctrine and they were amazed at his ability. They, they were astonished that he had so much power in word. And they were amazed that not only did he speak the word, but he had power of the word. They were astonished. And they were amazed. They were astonished. And they were amazed. I want to tell somebody here today, it is easy to be astonished in the house of God. It is easy to be amazed at what God is and, and what God can do. It's, it, it's easy to stand back in the crowd and let your mouth hang open. It's easy to stand back and say, wow, look at them. Look what God has done for them. And, and there's some people in the house today, you've looked at miracles in other people's lives. And it's astonished you. This one being healed from cancer. This one getting the job and making the kind of money that God said they were going to make. This one's family being put back together even when it seemed like the family was going to fall apart we've all stood back and said wow look at what God did for them we stand astonished and we stand amazed but you cannot get God's attention by being astonished and you can't get God's attention by being amazed you get God's attention when you go into action mm. hey man let me preach on it a little bit the Bible says that when they left from that place, the Bible says they were all amazed they, uh, for what authority commanded he the unclean spirits. And, and they obey him. And immediately, somebody say immediately. The fame spread abroad throughout all the region about Galilee. And, and, and we're wondering, you know, how can we build churches and, and, and how can we get more people in the room and, and, and how can my church grow and, and, and how can this church grow and, and how can we get revival? I, I'll tell you how we can fill the building up. We can fill the building up by actually doing what we preach about. We, we can fill the building up by actually being a church where people can come to and actually be delivered from sin and be delivered from disease and be delivered from addiction and be delivered from oppression and depression that's the kind of church i want to have if you want to have a social club there's plenty of them there's a hundred of them right here in this city but if you're looking for a church where the miraculous still happens you're in the right place if you're looking for a church where we believe when we pray you're in the right place if you're looking for a church where diseases have to be broken and depression has to leave and addiction is broken you're in the right place The fame went out. Uh, maybe sometimes we're not as famous and our church isn't as broadcast as we feel like it should be because we're just like every other church on the corner and we have nothing different than anybody else. Can I preach the truth chapel today? I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in, in, in having church. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm churched out. I'm good. I'm churched up churched out I'm good with church I don't want to have church no more I want to have an experience and a demonstration with God God come into my life and do something real for me I'm tired of just hearing about you I'm tired of I'm tired of just singing about you I'm tired of just coming and, and seeing my buddy and shaking hands and saying wow I went to church but I want to leave this place and say man I have been with God 
And when I would walk into my job on Monday morning, everybody on my job has to say, wow, he has been with God. And when I walk back into my house, every demon that was staying there before I came to church has to leave when I get home because they say he has been with God. If you want to go to church, there's a bunch of churches, but if you want to be with God, somebody shout yes. Hallelujah. Immediately his fame spread. Immediately the fame, it just spread abroad. And when they were left, when they left the synagogue, the Bible says they entered into the house of Simon. And now, now, now let me just break this down. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm really okay with, with coming here and experiencing God here. Thank, thank God for church. Somebody say, thank God for church. God is coming back for a church. Thank God I'm in the church. Because when Jesus comes back, the Bible says he's coming back for a church. He ain't coming back for just individuals, but he's coming back for a church. Thank God I'm in the church. And I'm not talking about just this church. I'd be, I'd be ignorant and, and I'd be small-minded to think that this is the only church going to heaven. That's a lie. And if you think this is the only church going to heaven, you're sadly mistaken. There's a bunch of folk going to be in heaven going to surprise you. Like, they made it? Yeah, you, you made it. They're looking at you saying the same thing. You made it? But the Bible said Jesus is coming back for a church. Amen. So thank God for the church. And I'm glad I feel God here in the church. But ladies and gentlemen, there has to be a move in our relationship with God. There has to be a moment where we're no longer just astonished and we're no longer just amazed. And we say, God, I'm glad you came to the synagogue, but I need you at my house. Ah, come on now. This is more than just a church thing. It's more than just a Sunday morning relationship. It's more than just a Tuesday night Bible study relationship. But there has to be somebody in the building that says, Jesus, I'm glad you are at church today, but I need you in my home. I need you in my family. I need you with my kids. I need you. Come on in my house. Come on in my house. Come on. Thank God I felt you at the church house, but I want to feel you in my house. I'm glad I saw you today at Sunday school. But I need you tonight uh, when I kneel down beside my bed. I want Jesus to be there with me. I want him to be with me in my house and not only the church house. The Bible says that when he got to uh, Simon's house that Simon's mother-in-law was sick. The Bible says that uh, the Bible says that she lay sick of a fever. And they tell Jesus. And anon, they tell him of her. Uh, my mother-in-law is sick of a fever. And the Bible says that he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. Now that don't mean that she got a Bible outside of preaching. No. When, when the Bible says she ministered unto them, what it means is mom-in-law went in the kitchen and started doing her ministry. Yeah, got out that fried chicken, you know what I'm saying? We've been preaching all day in the synagogue, Grandma. 
You know, <laughs> come on, somebody. We've been preaching all day. And we've been casting out devils. We've been teaching, and, and, and we, we were going to come home to a great meal, but that ministry was sick in the house. The, the, there was a ministry in the house that was sick. The, there was an anointing in the house that was sick. There was a gifting in the house, but it was sick. There was a ministry in the house, but it was sick. Oh, come on, somebody. The, the, there was something good in the house, but it was sick. And I come to tell somebody, there's some healings that you cannot get at the church. There's some ministries that you cannot get in this altar. Only when you take Jesus home, only when you bring him into your house, does he raise up that ministry. You can't get that ministry raised up just by a Sunday morning relationship with God. But when you bring him to your house and you have a daily walk and a daily talk and a daily relationship, with Jesus he'll take that ministry and he'll raise it up hallelujah hallelujah it's that daily walk with God I said listen if if, if all you're doing is 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 praying when you come to church and praying over your food then then you must be miserable if the only time you read your Bible is when I say, turn in your Bibles and you read it on this screen. If that's the only time during the week that you're reading the word of God, then let me tell you, there must be all kind of mess going on in your life. There must be trouble on every hand. You must be miserable. But if you've taken him home with you and you're saying, you know what? It ain't just good enough for the preacher, but it's good enough for me too. I want to go home with Jesus. Jesus, come to my house. Why? Because there's some stuff at my house that needs to be healed. There's some stuff in my home that needs to be healed come on church get with me right now there's some stuff at your house that needs to be healed there's some stuff in your house that needs to be healed and you can't get it healed here but you got to take Jesus home and say Jesus heal my home heal my kids heal my marriage heal my family heal my house it's easy to live for God in the church house but is it easy to live for God at your house When are we going to understand that it's more than being astonished and it's more than being amazed? But until we go into action, nothing will happen. Action. Somebody shout action. And I'm not far from being done. Action. We see it on the movies. They have the little clipboard. They call it a clapper board, a clapper board. And there's always that action. The reason that they have that clapper board is because uh, when they go back in the movie and they begin to edit, they begin to try to synchronize. They, they have to synchronize each setting with the volume. They have to synchronize each setting with, with, uh, with uh, the, the, the audio takes. They have to synchronize each setting. And so it's very easy on the tape to hear the clap. And they know that is where I begin at the clap is where I begin at the mark is my synchronization. This is when it happens. That is when it happens. And if I start here, I know that when I get here, it'll all be right. And so in the movies, in the production of Hollywood, they have used the clapper board for years and years because it is a great way to identify clap where it begins and where it ends. There, there must be secret nation, synchronization in our walk with God. When God does something for you in the house of God, listen, when God does something for you 
in the house of God. That is the clapperboard that says, now synchronize your life with this moment. This is the moment that God is wanting to do something for you, not just here, but at home too. I think sometimes as Christians and walking with God, we miss our opportunities because we have a great experience at church, but we neglect to take that experience home with us. We don't, we don't go into action. God says, okay, I'm going to deliver you from this. I'm going to gr- give you a great experience in the altar. And you come to the altar and God says, clap. And you have that experience in your life. And then you, you forget by the time you're done eating lunch at Journey's Inn, you have forgotten what God did for you in the altar. Woo, I feel good right there. One, because it was good. Two, because I'm hungry. When God does something for you at the church, listen to me, church. When God does something for you here, it is not just for here. There has to be a synchronization in our minds. When we come to the altar, I've seen some of you come to the altar and weep and cry and speak in tongues. and, And God touch your life. And I've seen you moved by the Holy Ghost. And that's God clapping that clapper in your life. This is where it begins. Now is the time to go home and change some things. Now's the time to go home and start a prayer life. Now's the time to go home with a smile on your face and begin to live in victory. But before we get out the door, we forgot what happened here. God's saying, action. It's time to stop being just astonished and just amazed. But it's time to go into action and say, now is the time. Now is the time to go into action. Say, oh man, Simon was the only one. Simon was the only one who got a blessing because Simon brought him to his home. But that's not the whole story. The story is, is that after Jesus went to Simon's house and raised up Simon's mother-in-law, there was a knock at the door. I'm paraphrasing right now. But when he opened the door, everybody that was in church that day, that seen him deliver, everybody that was at church and everybody that had heard about this crazy man who had cast the devil out of somebody, they all went back home and they got everybody they knew who was sick. They went and told everybody they knew who was broken. They went and got everybody who who was diseased and wounded, and they said, there is a man. Let us bring you to the man. Where is he at? Is he at church? No, he ain't at church. He's in Simon's house. Is he in the church building? No, he ain't in the church building no more. He's in Simon's house. You see, if we neglect to bring him home, where will they come? Oh, they'll come to church. What if they don't come to church? What if they don't like our church because of the way we worship or the songs we sing? How many of y'all right now got friends that won't come to church? Just raise your hand. You've invited them and they won't come. Raise your hand. How many of y'all, just raise your hand. How many of those same people will come to your house? Raise your hand. (laughs) Ooh, word of God is so good. Because when they went and told their friends, there's a man that can heal you. There's a man that can deliver you. There's a man that can set you free. There's a man that can take you out of this sickness. There's a man that can heal your legs. There's a man that can heal your back. There's a man that can put your marriage back together. There's a man that can heal your finances. Where is he at? Let's go to church. No, 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 he ain't at church. He's in my house. Ah. 
I'm, come on, I'm preaching, I'm, I'm preaching a principle right now, church. I need you to understand that if we don't bring him home, there's a whole group of people that will never meet him because they won't come here, but they will come to your house. Come on, Truth Chapel. It's time to take Jesus home with us. It's time to say, you know what? Church was good. It was astonishing. Church was good. It was amazing. But I'm going into action, and I'm bringing Jesus home because somebody's going to come to my house, and when they walk through the door, they're going to say, my God, what is in here? And I'm going to say his name is Jesus, and he can heal you and deliver you and save you. Coming to a close as the music plays. The Bible says that they brought him everybody. They brought everybody. When the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils, and all the city gathered together at the synagogue. All the city gathered together at the church house. All of the city gathered together at the camp meeting. All of the city gathered together at the Bible conference. No. All of the city gathered together at the door. Whose door? Simon's door. Simon's door. They all came to Simon's door. Oh, why? Because Simon had a big house? No. Because Simon was cool? No. Only reason they came to Simon's house is because Jesus was there. Not because Simon had a cool grill. He might have had a cool grill. He might have had one of them Kubota uh, commandos, the green eggs things. What? I can't afford it, so I don't even know how to say it. Because he had a 60-inch flat screen. No. They came because Jesus was there. They had heard that Jesus went to Simon's house. And, and to the church today, I speak this. To the, to the body of Christ today, I speak this. How can we expect anybody to see Jesus in us if we're not bringing him home? If we're not bringing him home, if we don't have a daily walk with God, if we don't have daily relationship with him, how are we expecting to convert anybody? I guarantee you, if one of your friends that has a disease in their body stands in your living room and you lay hands on them and pray the prayer of faith, because you can do that without a preacher's license. I don't know if you know that or not. You can do that. You have the authority and power to do it. And you lay hands on them in your living room. And the next time they go back to the doctor, they say, we can't find the tumor. We can't find the cancer. Your living room will be full next week, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that that man on your job standing in the, in the break room crying because his wife's leaving him with some other guy and he's broken and busted and disgusted and he's cursing and he don't know where to turn and you reach over there and lay your hand on his shoulder and say, Bill, do you mind if I pray with you? And you pray and when he gets home that night, she's sitting in the driveway with tears in her eyes, apologizing. Say, I don't know what I was thinking, but today I just felt something touch my life. I guarantee you, the next time you walk into the break room, somebody else will be standing there saying, hey, man, I, 
heard you pray with Bill and something happened. Why is it that as Christians we have relegated Jesus to this building? Why is it that we have restricted his power? Why is it that we have restricted his glory? Why is it that we have restricted his fame to truth chapel? Now you know I love this church more than all of you and I think that anything can happen in this building but if we don't ever grasp the idea that it can happen at your house just as quick as it can happen here, we'll never move beyond this point. I'm not saying don't invite them to church. Bring them to church. If they'll come, they'll come. But you know as well as I do, there's some folks that just ain't coming. And my question is, who will go to them? If they won't come, then what are we setting up in our own homes over a Monopoly game or a cup of coffee or a pot roast to say, hey, man, have you ever heard of Jesus Christ? And him crucified. I speak that to the church today. And to those of you who are sitting in here today who may be new. Or may have been backslid or may be away from God for a while. I use the word backslid very, very loosely there. Because there's some folks that just are away from God. You don't really feel like you're backslid. You're just hurt by people, hurt by churches, hurt by People maybe have good intentions. But that's the problem when you don't bring Jesus home. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to approach people. You don't have a relationship with God for yourself and you're trying to win other people. That's a very dangerous person right there. You may be here today and you don't know any of this. This is all new to you. All you know is there's some trouble in your world. And you've heard that there's a man named Jesus that can fix it. Well, let me say this to you today. You're in the right place. This is the place that you need to be. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here by coincidence. But you're here today. You came to this church today because Jesus Christ himself is reaching for you. He's pulling you. He's compelling you. For no man cometh lest the Spirit draw him. And he can do exactly what you're thinking you need him to do. Stay with me all over this room. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.